The first reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 to 31. And this can be found on your pew Bibles on page 1142. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs. Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the next reading is a reading from Proverbs, chapter 22, verses 1 to 12, and can be found in the Bibles on page 650. A good name is more desirable than great riches, and to be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. The prudent see danger and take refuge but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honour and life. In the paths of the wicked are snares and pitfalls, but those who would preserve their life stay far from them. Start off children, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a slave to the lender. Whoever sows injustice reaps calamity, and the rod they wield in fury will be broken. The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Drive out the mocker, and out goes strife. Quarrels and insults are ended. One who loves a pure heart 
and who speaks with grace will have the king for a friend. The eyes of the Lord keep watch over knowledge, but he frustrates the words of the unfaithful. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be Well, good morning, everyone. Great to see you. And we're finishing up this five-week series uh, through what is normally a bit of a slower time of the year, January, chill out time, which is uh, why we've called this series Summer Chill, taking things steady, slowing down. I've always loved the book of Proverbs and I think you need to read it in a slow down sort of way to let it really sink in. Some of my favourite verses in the Bible are in Proverbs. And there's one that I could call my life verse, I guess, if you like, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Many of you, I'm sure, will know it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. That was one of the first Bible verses I ever committed to memory. And I committed it to memory because it made my heart sing. It still does. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Proverbs is, as we've seen, and I hope you may well be aware, it's all about being wise, seeking after the right things, what it actually means to put God first, what it means to not rely on ourselves but to realise that we never find the right way to do things from within. But we must always look to the Lord. He has to be our guide. There's wisdom in Proverbs. There's also truth. There's common sense. And there's some reality checks. Sometimes the wisdom comes in the form of an obvious pointing out of what is stupid rather than an exhortation to what is right. So we need to read Proverbs with that in mind. There's some also hugely funny things, some very profound things. I don't know if you've read through the whole book of Proverbs in this five-week series, but if you haven't, I encourage you to, and you'll find some of these profound and funny things. Here's here's one funny one, Proverbs 11.22. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout... is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. Well, what about this one, 27.15? A quarrelsome wife is like the dripping of a leaky roof in a rainstorm. (laughs) Or 31.6. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. But what about this one? This one's profound. 1517. Better a dish of vegetables with love than the best beef served with hatred. Well, over these weeks, we've looked at wisdom and foolishness, the benefits of wisdom, wisdom and trust, wisdom and speech, and today, wisdom and humility. 
It seems to me that concluding with wisdom and humility seems eminently sensible. You might even say it's wise. (laughs) Surely if we have learned anything in the four weeks so far, it's that wisdom will not be found by relying on ourselves or lifting ourselves up or by making demands through our knowledge or our intellect or our background. Instead, having a right view of ourselves surely brings greater wisdom. That is humility. A right view of ourselves gives us the better perspective. You see, here is where we find that subtle but profound difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is good and Proverbs endorses it many times. Chapter 1 verse 7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Remember remember that from week 1? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Great endorsement for knowledge. Chapter 9 verse 10 tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Nothing wrong with knowledge. But without wisdom to use knowledge well, we come to nothing. Today's chapter, chapter 22, tells us that humility is the fear of the Lord. So that brings us to a much better understanding of both chapters 1 and 9, doesn't it? If the fear of the Lord is the beginning of both knowledge and wisdom, which we find out from chapters 1 and 9, And from this chapter we find out that humility is the fear of the Lord. Then surely from the human side of the equation, humility is the key to both knowledge and wisdom. Do you see that connection? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If humility is the fear of the Lord, then being humble gets us those things. And I say from the human side of the equation because obviously we gain nothing except by the grace and favour of the Lord. But if we don't have a self-reflective view of ourselves that helps us understand that we have no basis for self-aggrandisement, then we will only be coming to the Lord on our terms rather than his. And seriously, how stupid is that? So let's take a brief look at some of these verses in chapter 22. And if you've got your Bible open to Proverbs 22, that would be really, really helpful. So I encourage you to have it open in front of you. Proverbs 22. Verse 1. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver and gold. Now, on the surface, this could seem the absolute opposite to humility, couldn't it? by telling us that we need a good reputation at all costs. But I think it's just as important to see what it isn't saying as it is to what it is saying. It's not telling us to purposely build a good reputation, whatever the cost. It's not saying that. Nor is it telling us that wealth is bad. What it's saying is that wealth must be built in the right way. If we get wealthy through a developing notorious reputation, 
then we've paid too high a price. And verses 2 to 5 bring the reality check into play. Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honour and life. The main point in verse 2 is pretty clear. Rich and poor have equal standing before God. Now, this has humanitarian implications, that the rich should respect and help the poor, but that's not the main point in this context. The central idea is that those who are well off must never forget that they, no less than the poor, are wholly dependent on God for life and livelihood. In short, we all must live with humility before God. And this naturally feeds into verse 4, which says that all the good things of life come from humility before God. On the surface, verses 3 and 5 both simply state that the wise see and avoid trouble, but the ignorant or the headstrong just plunge right into it. But the reality check, again in verses 2 and 4, tells us that the failure to spot the danger comes directly from the arrogance of not submitting to God. And verse 3 describes those kind of people as simple. Perhaps a translation could actually be stupid. In verse 5, they are described in moral terms as wicked but the Hebrew word there could also be translated equally as, as legitimately as twisted. So to be humble in the sight of God is to be intrinsically aware of your own limitations. How sensible is that? Which means that the humble are more secure, more aware of danger and have the potential to be more financially stable than the proud. So moving on to verses 8 and 9, there's lots in the Bible about reaping what you sow. One of Job's so-called friends tells him those who plough evil and those who sow trouble reap it. And it's true. It wasn't helpful to Job at the time. Paul in Galatians 6 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Reaping what you sow. And again, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now here in Proverbs, those who sow injustice are directly compared with those who are generous. If they're oppressing the poor in order to gain a harvest, like beating workers with a stick, that will result in disaster. But those who are generous with their harvest by sharing with the poor, they will find blessing. 
And as we think about the link with humility, when would we ever describe an oppressor as humble? Think about the people throughout history, and it's not hard to think about people today who we describe as oppressors. Are any of them humble? It just wouldn't happen. But what about a person who is generous? What kind of a heart produces generosity? A heart that is humble. Now let's bring this home with a bit of a return to last week's topic all about words. Proverbs, like the rest of wisdom literature, warns us regarding the significance of words. Specifically, Proverbs teaches that your words betray your character. And as we look at these three verses, verses 10 to 12, there are character types there which represent different ways that speech can be used. Verse 10, the mocker brings quarrels. This person is probably obnoxious, maybe uh, we'd say litigious, and a troublemaker. The common sense here says that if those people go away, harmony and peace are restored. By contrast, those whose words come from purity and grace, aren't they beautiful words? Purity and grace find themselves welcomed at the highest levels, not driven away at all. In verse 12, the knowledge that the Lord guards is the same as wisdom and the unfaithful are those who use their words to oppose the right way and God causes their distortions of the truth to be shown for what they are. Now, my friends, where is it that we find the absolute fulfilment of this kind of wisdom? In fact, every kind of wisdom. Where do we find a complete comparison of wisdom and foolishness, the benefits of wisdom, wisdom and trust, wisdom and speech, wisdom and humility? Where is that? Or more rightly, I should ask, who is that? Who is it that embodies all of this without exception? I wonder if you've noticed that for three of these five weeks, we've had another reading from 1 Corinthians 1. Have you noticed that? It's even been repeated. There's a point. 1 Corinthians 1. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise... The intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. We preach Christ crucified, the embodiment of the humility we need 
to follow. And Christ crucified is a stumbling block to Jews, foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called. And who is that? Are you one whom God has called? To those whom God has called, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And that wisdom is shown entirely through humility. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong and Jesus became weak. Deliberately. He chose it. He chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things, the things that are not. And it's because of that, Paul says, that we are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom of God. Our righteousness, our holiness, our redemption. Proverbs has much to teach us. And we see Jesus in every chapter. Wisdom and humility, just follow Jesus, my friends. He is all you need. Give yourself up to him. Your ambition, your ability, your pride, they're nothing. All and only Jesus. Amen.